0: What's going on, Dodgers Nation d here. And as always, I'm joined by the other half of the Blue Heaven podcast, Mr. Clint Pesillas. You can follow him at RealFRG. And we're back with another episode. It's been a while, Clint, but a Dodgers Nation Blue Heaven roundtable. It is more of a rectangle table, but still, we're going to do some mini topics here. Not going to be the full Blue Heaven, no live comments. We have some topics we want to dive into. And the first one is this shortstop position, because that has been one of the big topics early on. Mookie Betts, he's played seven games there. Of course, they lose Gavin Lux for the entire season heading into the year. Miguel Rojas defensively, we know that defensively he gets the job done. Yeah. It's just offensively, does he give you enough to the point where you say, we don't want to explore trades out there. We don't want to look at Tim Anderson or William Adonis who we're going to talk about in just a second. But first things first is what have you seen from Miguel Rojas lately? And have you seen enough to say, hey, let's look at another position if we're going to look to make a trade?
1: Depends on what they're trying to do. Are they trying to get offense out of the position? Are they trying to get defense? Are they trying to build a better ball club? And I think you have that with Miguel Rojas. If you're not going to go trade for somebody, um, if they are going to trade for somebody finding a a better infield backup all around might be a good idea, but I don't think you need to replace Miguel Rojas. I think what they're doing with him and maybe getting Mookie in there a little bit more on, on certain games to, to help the, the offense. But What you're seeing out of this, I can't call him a kid anymore. He's 34 or whatever, but what you're seeing out of Rojas defensively is just, it's so damn impressive. He's so smooth and he, you know, he's still battling little nagging injuries here and there, but that goes a long way uh, in obviously defense wins champions uh, championships and all that, but you still have a restricted shift. You still have a pitching staff that isn't the greatest at times. And anytime you're able to save some runs at that position, honestly, it's more important than having nine guys in the lineup, find a way to improve the top eight and leave Rojas in there to be an elite defender. I, I like Rojas there and I, you know, the bats coming along a little bit here and there, not, you know, getting some knocks, getting a few uh, extra base base hits in there. So I'm, I'm a Rojas guy. I like the, I like the Miggy row.
0: Yeah, no, I think if you look at Miguel Rojas right now, if you look at some of the highlight plays he's made defensively, it gives us entire infield confidence. It gives yeah. guys like Miguel Vargas, who's still trying to learn the second base position at the big league level confidence. Max Muncie, his defense has been less than stellar. So really, if you look at that infield defense, you have Rojas and you have Freddie Freeman, who are going to give you above average defense. Now, if you look at his numbers as a whole, I mean, he's in the 57 percentile and outs above average. Those don't scream elite, but still through the course of an entire season, if Miguel Rojas stays, healthy, he gives you what you need at that position with the glove, but as you mentioned his bat has come around a little bit, he's not looking as inept at the plate as he did early in the year since returning from that hamstring injury, the groin injury, all things he was banged up with he's hitting 250, which is not fantastic but if he gives you a lead defense and he gives you a chance to win from that side, hey this is something where it almost feels like icing on the cake if he does get an occasional double, if he does get a clutch base hit, but the big question is, can this offense really sustain what they've been doing from their top five. Because if you look at that quintet from one through five, if they perform like the way they've been performing this month, then, yeah, you say, okay, we don't have to worry about that. Remember, there is no – the pitchers don't bat anymore. You have a yeah. DH. So, if, to me, is he a designated defender? Sure, maybe. That'd be cool. I mean, if you look at that. But I still think that defensively he gives this team a great opportunity. And, look, the reality is sometimes the best offense is a great defense. And, yeah, yeah there's something to be said with the restricted shift. But I will say – if you do want to explore some of these upgrade possibilities, there's two names. We've been talking about them for 50 years now, it feels like. <laughs> and that is Tim Anderson and Willie Adamas. And the first name we're going to talk about is Tim Anderson. Now, of course, you know, I've had a thing for Tim Anderson. I want to see TA really? to LA. <laughs> I told you at the beginning of the season what I say, I said Route for two, th- root for three teams this year. You root for the Dodgers and whoever's playing the Brewers and whoever's playing the White Sox because you want to try to get those players on our squad and If you look at Tim Anderson, yeah, look, he has definitely had a rough go of it so far this season, but just before we look into his numbers, just as far as a personality fit, as far as what he brings from a competitive standpoint, do you like the idea of Tim Anderson in Dodger blue? Anytime you can add an all-star caliber player that goes, that goes
1: somewhere. Um, I don't, I don't watch the white Sox. (laughs) Nobody watches the white Sox. Chicago fans aren't <laughs> fans of watching the White Sox. So I don't know enough about watching this guy day in, day out the same way before the trade uh, Trey Turner uh, trade happened. I didn't know anything about him. We learned, hey, he yeah, he'll show up, he's going to do his job. Not the most exciting, you know, human being, but he's going to do his job. You get a little more, I guess, thrill and show with uh with TA and I think him coming to a situation where they actually have a chance to win. Is gonna would help him. Um, him playing with Mookie, him playing with JD Martinez, some guys uh, respected people around the league would would go a long way. But we know that the defense has never been exceptional from from um uh the man they call TA, but not Tyler Anderson. That's the OG TA for OG. this guy. Um. I still would like him. I still like that. Yeah, that's an upgrade. If you're going to go out and try to improve shortstop from what you have with Miguel Rojas, it needs to be a clear upgrade. And that's I, you would assume that's what you'd hope of what you're going to get out of Anderson. You're getting him, you know, with Rob Van Scoyak, with Aaron Bates, with this uh, this hitting Guru crew, or whatever you want to call them, that also plays up a little bit and, and defensively as well. Even working with Miggy Rowe, working on the infield with Dino Ebel, and all that, that could play up as well. And they could. You know, Honestly, they could set him up for a really nice payday when he becomes a free agent, but that's a clear upgrade right there.
0: Yeah, no, he. I think he's definitely a clear upgrade, but before I say that, I want to say that, hey, the White Sox, they do play a lot of day games. They are televised. You have MLB TV. Definitely try to catch the occasional White Sox game. Shout out to Jason Benetti and Steve Stone, NBC Sports hey, Chicago. The show, Jason Benetti. Definitely two of the best in the game. So yeah, it's fun to root against them. It definitely is. But yeah, if you look at Tim Anderson, the first thing I think the Dodgers fans need to know is his numbers. They're down across the board. Yeah. I mean, batting dealt with average that
1: knee injury the knee for injury a good part of the and season. he just
0: feels like he's just not engaged there. Just feels like the writing is on the wall that maybe his days in Chicago are numbered. But I mean, if you look at his batting average in 2022 301 This year, 244. If you look at WRC Plus last year at 110, this year down to 57. So, yes, his numbers are down. But what I make of that is, does that give you more leverage? Does that lower his value and allow you to bring him in without having to give up as much? Does that lower the prospect capital that you have to send to Chicago to get him? Another thing I think Dodger fans need to realize about Tim Anderson as far as his fit with the Dodgers is he's a guy that does not like to walk. Okay, you're talking about a guy who has a 4% walk percentage that's in the 12th percentile, and we've seen with this Dodgers lineup, you don't expand the zone. You try to work that pitch count up, and Tim Anderson, if he's not hitting – and he's not walking Mm -hmm. that he's not contributing that much so what you really need to bank on is that a change of scenery will change things for him and turn his season around and also too where does he fit in with his Dodgers lineup because we know he likes to bat lead off we also know that Mookie Betts loves to bat lead off and although I have been kind of on the move Mookie down in the lineup at some point in his career because I want to see him as more of a run producer with the uptick in power still, if Mookie wants a bat lead up in the success that he's having in the month of May, it'd be tough to move him off there in the lead out spot for TA. Wouldn't you agree? Or what do you think? Yeah, I
1: don't know. Mookie Betts is your lead off guy. I don't think they're going to change that. I don't think you really change that one, two, three. It's so successful for this team to open the season with, with Mookie, with Freddie, and with Will whenever he's in the lineup. Can't yeah, change
0: that. You can't change that, especially when you look at the production that they've had <laughs> and the fact that when you have those top five in the lineup, which we're going to talk about in a second, they're one of the best lineups in all of Major League Baseball. So do you even need him from an offensive standpoint? Because defensively, he's been terrible. He's in the ninth percentile and outs above average. TA, not a great shortstop this season. We saw him at the WBC playing some second base. And then you fast forward to if they do make the trade, He has a $14 million club option. What happens next year when Gavin Lux is back? Look, ACL injuries, usually when you go through rehab, you have the surgery. They're close to being where they were prior to the injury. So I fully expect the Dodgers to give him another opportunity to be their everyday shortstop. Then when you do at at the third base position, do you maybe move Max Mungie to the DH spot? Or if you sign Shohei Otani? He doesn't like that. He doesn't like that. Yeah,
1: the the Shohei That's earmarked for Shohei.
0: Big time Shohei guy here. They're not getting rid of that. That DH spot, so there you have it. So it doesn't make too much <laughs> sense. And then Miguel Vargas, what do you do at second base? I mean, if you would have Tim Anderson at short, still
1: in the league, still in the-
0: got him wrecked. Hey, MVP um, Vargas, Mickey like, Vargas. I like
1: Vargas, like he's a good player, he's, he's nice. the best
0: player of all time. I'm saying it right here. I'd but like to see him hitting over 240, but you know, it's a different story. Things are turning around, okay? So <laughs> look, hey, no, but seriously, when you kind of get back into this, though. If you look at his future with the team, there's always a possibility, too, that you you could bring him in. You could trade him, too, if you wanted to move off him, too. Yeah. So you would have flexibility there. But I just think if you look at his defense, not great. If you look at his offense, not good enough to justify making the move. You would really have to just bank on the fact that he would just completely turn things around being with this Dodgers lineup. Yeah. And I do love the idea. I might mean, I'd pick him right up at the airport, take him to his house in Calabasas, I, I wherever it would be. That, I'd yeah. be excited about it, but I just don't think he would be as good of a fit if he's not hitting as this next guy. And of course we're talking about Willie Adamas. So Willie Adamas, first of all, we've seen the last few years. What has been, when you look at this line of construction, what's been a common thread? Who's cool with Freddie. Who's cool with Mookie, right? They get their guys. We know Mookie's cool with Willie Adamas, right?
1: Yeah. And he fits uh, the Doug credo of you. If we want the dub, you got a slug and we know Willie
0: goes yard. Absolutely. That's the thing about him. A little boomer bust, a little Dansby Swanson from last season. He feels like a Dodger already. Does boomer feel, bust? Definitely some boomer bust. And look, I mean, last year, 31 home runs, a career high 31 home runs. Does strike out at a high clip, especially at that position, a 25.8 strikeout rate. Walks more than Tim Anderson. So you look at that. But even this season, he's also having a down year. Last year, a 109 weighted runs created plus. So he was 9% better than the average bat as far as offensive production. This year, that number's down to 83. But the difference between Adamus and Tim Anderson is that's a pure expiring contract. Now, there's a world where maybe you would, maybe you want to extend him and bring him back to the Dodgers, but you don't have to worry about that club option and worry about complicating things when Gavin Lux returns. And also, I know you love defense. That's one thing I love about you. You appreciate that side. Everyone looks at batting average and weighted runs and OPS and this and that, but defensively, he's still one of the best defensive shortstops in the league. 96% talent above average and i think he would be a upgrade offensively to miguel rojas provide some pop provide that charisma that je Qua, that certain <laughs> flavor in the lineup i think he'd be really popular amongst the fans and i think he makes more sense right now than tim anderson but what say you
1: you've been on the willie adamas train for a long time and one thing i've learned over the years is whatever doug is on you just back that train up um if they're, if they're able to pull this guy, yeah, this is, th- that's the guy, that's the guy you would want. But, you know, going back to what you're talking about with Lux, um, that's the future in a way they want to give Lux at least a season, two seasons. Cause he is coming back from an ACL injury when he does come back in 2024, it's going to take him some time to figure things out um, on the field and, and at the plate. Uh, so 2024 isn't going to be exactly the best springboard year or whatever for Gavin Lux, but um, you don't want to handcuff that position. So you do get that option or whatever, like you were talking about, uh, you know, kind of a one and done guy. But then why are you trading for that for one season how much is it going to cost or whatever I I I went off on a different tangent there for uh, sure I, like, I usually do it's a round table tradition it's called I'm going to let him talk and then Emerson starts saying words <laughs> and we'll figure it out somewhere uh, along the way but if if you're going uh if you're looking to upgrade and you you have any of these options you're you're like you the Dodgers are set we need a new shortstop it, it you would definitely go Adamus over uh, uh, the, the Tim Anderson.
0: Yeah. I think he makes more sense mainly contractually, but defensively as well. And I think too, if you trade yeah, a for, better player, he's the better player, he's right? Got now.
1: more pop. He he's got better defense. He's got a little more swag to him. He fits in the lineup a little bit better uh, right now, but I, I don't think that I I don't know. I, I think it's uh, where, where he makes up is that because I, I, I already said I like Miguel Rojas as a shortstop. I think he's good. And I think he he plays that role very well. We don't need to have we the Dodgers don't need to have a one through nine of of just, you know, we saw that go that way in, in 2022, you know, the, it didn't you Yeah, you, you go out, you win 111 games, having a lineup of one through nine that can hit. Everybody can hit but it was an imperfect roster here. The pieces are a little weird. Some of them don't fit well. Some of them don't make sense. Some of the little squares aren't perfectly cut to fit in the little slot and to put it back in the bucket. Shout out old people. But um, it's it's also a roster that just works. Dave Roberts called it, you know, a hodgepodge group of, of you know guys that are kind of working together, figuring it out together. And yeah, if you can go out and get a Domus for maybe like a Michael Bush and that's it. But if you're going to trade have to like throw in a Bobby Miller, then it starts getting a little too far. And I feel like you, what you have is already pretty good. But if you do get him, then you start to get a little bit better um, backup optionality with Miggy Rowe playing some second or, or or third or whatever it is giving, giving yourself back. Cause that's where they need the help. They need the help on the bench. The bench is bad. And the backup options at short are bad because they don't want to play Mookie there full time.
0: Yeah, exactly. They don't want to play Mookie there full time. And I do think it's pretty interesting when you look at Mookie's numbers at shortstop. I mean, they're through the roof. He has a 333, uh, I think.
1: 333,
0: I think the OPS over 1,200 when he's playing shortstop.
1: 1322. That was a man that is engaged playing that job, playing that role.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely, as you see, eight RBIs, three home runs, three doubles. Even the power numbers are up as well. A 905 slug, but hey, that's a very small sample size. I think it just came at a good time. But I think one thing that Dodgers, the Dodgers really kind of looking at right now is, yeah, both these guys, you really should be able to get value out of them. You mentioned Michael Bush. You mentioned... Bobby Miller, there's no way on an expiring deal that they would be looking for a King's Ransom for these players. Maybe if they were playing like they were in years past when we know that Tim Anderson, he was really the Babbitt merchant when Willie Domins <laughs> yeah. was really having a career year. And look, we know that Andrew Freeman, he does not like to buy when he has to overpay. He likes to be Andrew Fleesman. He likes to get the Halloween candy the day after when it's on sale. Yeah, he, but doesn't, that's- he doesn't pay
1: that Dodger tax. And there's a Dodger tax around the league. They want at least one more prospect. I mean, even even the Trey Turner, Max Scherzer deal was kind of rough. That's two top prospects. Luckily that is traded from a, a position of incredible depth with gray and Ruiz not, Ruiz not really having a spot on, on the active roster with the Dodgers.
0: Yeah. And it kind of looking back kind of turns out, I mean, of course they get gray in the deal with the Reds and they kind of turn him in to a chip and yeah. Ruiz, another guy, they realized they had Cartaya, that other catchers coming up in this guy, system. Will Smith's pretty good. Will Smith. He's not bad himself, <laughs> but yeah, I think too. Yeah. You look at this organization, they're going to try to make big moves. And also you have to look at this Brewers team right now. It's still in first place in a relatively weak division. So do they really want to move off of Adamas to kind of blow things up? But I definitely think that when we get closer to the deadline, those are two names that are absolutely going to surface. I think you have to keep your eye on them. But the other way you could go with this is you could say, look, there's not a lot of shortstop options out there. It's only 10 or 12 that even give you a league average bat or better. The other route you could do is you could look at an outfield trade. You could look at an outfield masher, because there's currently an outfielder on this team that hasn't had a hit in like fifty million years in Trace Thompson, who look is looking like he's headed towards the DFA route. He's over his last thirty-eight. He's hitting just above a hundred. Yeah. So I think clubhouse guy there. Yeah, that's (laughs) definitely seen one that ain't paying the bills. Okay. So yeah, if you look at trace Thompson and what they could do with that position, I get a lot of requests for this name and his name is Nick Senzel of the Cincinnati Reds, and yes, he does mash lefties. There's no doubt about that. Hitting 1207, has a 1207 OPS versus left-handed pitching, but he's still a below-average bat, 88 OPS plus. His 175 versus righties. His hit four home runs. He's an interesting option, but I mean, I don't think that they're going to go out there and make any move for just a move on the margins if it's for a below-average bat. I mean, do you think Senzel makes sense?
1: Not necessarily. I mean... It feels like you're really forcing. And and also that's a bench bat. Wouldn't you want this guy to be kind of a starter? He's not. I mean, we are kind of starting to tiptoe into James Outman conversation era. So you do start to worry about that a little bit. But uh, that sounds like a conversation for another show. Um, Bench needs to be addressed. If this is a guy you can go out and, and he's okay with a diminished role or potentially being a center field option. Sure. But um, getting somebody that's going to be better than trace Thompson, thousand percent needs to happen. Or somebody honestly that can be better than Chris Taylor needs to be in the conversation as well. Cause he after a nice little stretch back down in like the lowest rungs of the gutter. The bench is bad. And then you have Austin Barnes, Barnes he's going nowhere. He's also having a hard time hitting over a buck. The, the the Austin Barnes line, as a, it's known a now, the
0: the one hundred or less uh, aisle. That bench is ugly, dude the bench definitely needs more production and they can't over rely on the lineup every single day, especially when you're playing good teams in the postseason. You need guys to come off the bench and give you a key hit. Senzel does make sense in the fact that he is an expiring contract. You're not committed long term. And if you can trust him to go out there and mash against left-handed pitching, he is going to be an upgrade to Trace Thompson. Look, Trace Thompson, I mean a mailbox at the plate is better than Trace Thompson right now. Okay, you're not really getting very much from him. He's the contact, the fairy godmother again in Cinderella. Have a go bibbidi boo and start the whole process over again because, yeah, it's just not happening for him. So I definitely think that at some point, this organization owes it to themselves to explore some other options. Another name I really love, though, I want to see him give Johnny DeLuca an opportunity because Johnny DeLuca yeah. rigs against lefties, another college guy, Oregon duck guy, so he fits the bill. <laughs> Oregon, as, trash. <laughs> <laughs> Oregon no. trash. Quack, quack, quack kills. But, you know, look, I mean, Johnny DeLuca Bruh. is someone that I think you give him an opportunity to because he's fast, He's dynamic on the base pass and they've, yes, Al Altman is going through his, his slump right now. He's going to take his lumps and Miguel Vargas early in the season. But at this point, I mean, you've seen Bobby Miller, Gavin stone at the very least, they know that these guys, yes, they're not going to be perfect, but they can get something from these guys down at the minor league level.
1: Yeah. You mentioned DeLuca. You could also mention Andy Paz, who's right there. Both of them just moved up to triple a, uh, that was for a reason that was to see what exactly they might have on their hands sometime in july maybe even as early as mid-june can these guys help at the big league level and if they can't all right now they know they need to be a little bit more active at the trade deadline so that that's that's um i would rather see that than a trade honestly i would rather see them pull from the minor league ranks try give johnny deluca a try he's he's an older prospect now by by you know some of the other standards of, of these uh, of these kids that would come up and you know tear the world apart at 21 or 22 or whatever it is. Um, I, I like the idea of going that route rather than bringing somebody else in because you also probably need to trade. Maybe you need to trade somebody from the big league roster to pick up sure. somebody like a Senzel. You don't know exactly what Cincinnati's looking for, um, but. I, I I agree with the the, the 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 Johnny Deluca angle instead of a Nick Senzel, but I know you wanted to address that because your fine crowd, your fine fans, ask well, you for him
0: all the time. And the, you know, absolutely. And to your point about bringing these guys up, I mean, now is the time. Now I mean, is you are going to do it. The bring the guys up now, evaluate them before the trade deadline, because you can see what you are going to get out of them. And if you don't have them, you go to market. You go to see yeah. what you have. And, and I, so, oh, go
1: ahead. No, go ahead. I was to say, and, and I think we are going to see more of that in June. We this has been sort of a season of, of kind of transition of, all right. Most of April was, was pretty, we'll say stagnant, you know, as long as people were healthy, they were in the lineup. But as soon as we got to, to, you know um, uh, what's the one we're in now may Uh, that's when it was kind of surprising. It's like, Hey, we're going to give Gavin stone his debut start. And that kind of came up out of nowhere and then everybody started falling apart and then it became a necessity (laughs) after the fact. But I think that might be kind of the, the strategy or the game plan this year is we're going to just sprinkle a little bit in here and there. I mean, I guess we can say April was really James Outman, Miguel Vargas era. May is the era of the pitchers. Well, maybe now we need to try some more guys from uh, the minor league ranks. It's not going to be somebody like Michael Bush. We know he doesn't fit on this roster. Um, and if it's not, if it's not going to be an Andy Paez, if it's not going to be a Johnny DeLuca, You know, there is a few other guys who are doing well enough, uh, that are on the 40 man roster that are, that are infielders, but not necessarily the type of infielders they need. Um, who is it? Eddie's Leonard. And the other name is escaping me at the moment. But beyond that, you have other, other pitchers down at double a Nick Nestrini, who, you know, we talked to a little bit at spring training, um, uh, Landed Knack is, is throwing the hell out of the ball. There's a lot of really good options already on uh, in the organization. So it's it's um, there's an opportunity for them to go out and make some moves, but it, it feels at some point it's like kind of forced. I don't know if it's forced, but they can try. Uh, to find some guys in-house before they go and make any moves for anybody.
0: Yeah, no, and that's why you develop a farm system. That's why you have the best in the business down there when it comes to coaching, when it comes to their meal plan. Everything they deal with is to optimize these guys and give them a leg up on the other organizations out there. And yeah, I think sometimes you need to hit a single and you need to hit a double. You don't always get hit a home run in the trade market. Right. I mean, Andrew Freeman, sometimes he's, you been, known see, to. he's been known to I mean, You'll see the Manny Machado. You'll see the trade turns and Max Scherzer's. But how about the David freezes? I mean, moves like that, the veteran bat. I and mean, I still out freezer shout out to the freezer, man. Ice cold at the plate. Chase Udley. Chase, Udley. There's another example. I mean, I think another veteran guy, I mean, look, I also, I check out that pirates record they lost four of their McCutcheon four. watch. Andrew McCutcheon, I'm telling you, a veteran bat. He's another guy. He rakes against left-handed pitching. He's another guy that's not under team control for years. And that's really what you need to look at. If you guys want to do your own that's trade. Really call. If you really want to go out there and look at possible names the Dodgers could go for, just look at it. go to SpoTrack, find out who's on expiring deals, and then you'll really have a better idea of who they could go for. Another name, though, is pretty interesting uh, is uh,
1: on that note, drop it in the comments. Uh, we want to read them maybe we'll do a yeah. second part of this uh, of this round table about specifically what you guys want to talk about in terms of hey should they Dodger stay in-house should they try to make a trade for some of the the bigger names or should they look on those fringe guys uh it's it's funny to say that Andrew McCutcheon is a fringe guy but he kind of is at this point in his career fringe right? guy that's, that to me that's the route I think they do end up going that's a really good just really kind good of point. more on the margins that is, that is oh man that is that is I would love so much
0: Andrew Friedman. one of the best baseball cards ever when he so the Phillies the juries all open he had the show chains one of my all-time favorites that and Honus Wagner t206 but then you got and also too and I think you bring up a really good point too about bringing up the rookies early on and you saw them struggle early you saw Altman get off to a hot start then struggle Miguel Vargas he struggled early and he's been better for him it was April showers but now you have May flowers I mean April a 691 OPS 839 OPS in the month of May so I still think Miguel Vargas look at the numbers definitely improving but one day my want to run by you and kind of wrapping up this segment before we head to the next one is you talk about Esther ruiz and ruiz I oh well i've, just, I've, I've heard that <laughs> name out there well he's another guy i've been looking at last gotcha, couple gotcha. weeks and ruiz is a really interesting name because he also raced against lefties it's an above average bat he plays center field also too what are the oakland a's looking for can you just poach the a's to me i mean they are everything must go type sale and we know that if andrew freeman who's done deals with them in the yes. past if he's going to make a deal in season, he's going to do it when he thinks he can get value. Ruiz under a lot of team control, but he's another interesting name. Also, too, Yepes of the Cardinals. We know Tyler O'Neill is on the market. The Cardinals have ton of outfields they're looking to move. They're not natural trade partners with the Dodgers. We know that. So, yeah, yeah I think you make the best point in that you got to look in house. You got to consider the guys that you do have, and then if you go to market, it's for that that veteran on the margins, the McCutcheons, the David and freeze it types. Really is. It
1: really is going to be the margin type of, of player, not even margin, but it's going to be somebody that that's additive to a playoff run. They don't care about winning hundred games, 111 games, 98 games. They care about getting into the tournament and having the right guys on the roster to make a difference deep into October. The roster last year, very good. Not a playoff roster. It was a bunch of guys that are 162 game guys, but streaky up and down. You got to have that little touch of magic. Freezer had the playoff magic. Hey, we forget 2018. How many times did that guy lead off?
0: Yeah. yeah, Old man,
1: David freeze leading off for the Los Angeles Dodgers.
0: Yeah, no, that's a great point. And like you add what he did in the locker room as a clubhouse presence. He still has a relationship with all those guys today. And that's something Kutch
1: could, could be, uh, could be, I mean, it's, it would, it it would be imperfect in the fact that you would have two. um, I mean, I guess you can kind of stash him in left field, but let's be fair. David, uh, David Peralta is doing pretty well since the start of May. You know, the bats come alive. Um, Andrew McCutcheon at this point in his career is not a center fielder, but maybe he can still stash him in in right and maybe Mookie will be happier playing some center field a little more often. In that scenario, though, it sounds like him kind of playing James Outman off the roster. I think he'll figure it out a little bit more. I hope he'll figure it out a little bit more. But, um, you know, I want to win.
0: Yeah, I think he I will. Like I, think, I think this is an important part of the process games. for him. But, yeah, to your point, McCutcheon has primarily been used in the DH role, and we know that's plugged up by J.D. Martinez, who's doing a great job great at that job. right now. He's been fantastic. But, yeah, David Freeze, shout out to him. OPS of 1,028 in his two years with the Dodgers at 98 games. Love me some, Freezer. But next we're going to talk Ice about— Nice to meet you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, I'm sorry.
0: That's one of the great—that's really gra- that's that's <laughs> an underrated Batman. That's an underrated Batman. That's an underrated <laughs> bat right there. But yeah, so next we're going to talk about, though. So I, look at the, if you look at the trade market, I think we can pretty much accept at this point that it's not going to probably be a home run. I mean, Brian Reynolds under contract. I mean, we'll see if names emerge. but Unless there's an injury. If
1: there's an injury, yeah, there's then a, they're going to do that. If they have another Gavin Lux a, a level injury, they're going to have no choice but to go and try to find somebody. But... Yeah.
0: yeah. And also, I think they're going to prioritize adding another reliever and possibly a starting pitcher. We're going to address that in a whole <laughs> you, another episode. You want... This guy wants this year's Chris Martin. I want this year's Chris Martin. That's yes. all I'm after, right? Yes. And look, I think, too, look, you don't want to add any credit card debt. They've maxed out their credit-to-debt ratio. You want to maintain that flexibility for my boy Shohei when he becomes a Dodger next year. But... Uh, In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. One hundred and thirty six Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas them
1: home.